will love that. Download our app today and enjoy tackle-busting benefits with great odds, more markets, and same-game multi every NRL match at Palmer Bear. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Welcome everyone to episode 413 of Fergo and the Freak. I'm your host, the Glorious League Freak. You can find me on Twitter at League Freak. Now today we have the preview for the upcoming representative round of games. The first games we're going to go through the international matches coming up and then we will do the State of Origin game. The international matches we'll do a little bit of a quicker preview about um, and also I'll talk a bit about international football after I've done the Origin preview as well because I think there's a little bit that needs to be said. Um, of course, this preview is brought to you by our good friends at palmabet.com. Remember, gamble responsibly. All of the odds that you get in this episode are from palmabet.com they're our major sponsor this year they've been absolutely fantastic uh really cool working with them this year so we've already had a game that has been played that was on wednesday night i believe it was lebanon versus malta and it was played in australia um lebanon beat malta 30 points to 14 now i didn't watch this game I heard that the quality of it was pretty poor. Uh, there was a lot of media uh, leading up to it because the Malta, co- uh, sorry, the Lebanon coach is actually a guy called Michael Checker, who is a former rugby. Well, I guess he probably still does coach rugby union, um, but he used to coach New South Wales in rugby union. Um, he might have even coached Australian rugby union. I don't know, and I don't really care. All I know is that this guy talked a lot about this match and then didn't turn up to coach. Bit of a problem. He said that he was uh, he had a cancelled flight. He was in South America doing something. My guess is it was some important rugby union stuff. But I just think that, you know, when they announced he was going to be the head coach, I thought it was absolutely fucking ridiculous. And straight away for his first game, it turned into an absolutely fucking ridiculous outcome that he couldn't even turn up to the match. It was so important. But anyway, Lebanon beat Malta. Um, who knows what these sides will get out of it. As I said, I didn't watch the game. It was, uh, but I heard it was pretty crappy. So our first real test match happens on Saturday. It is New Zealand versus Tonga. If you're not excited for this game, you're probably not a rugby league fan. These two teams are absolutely stacked. This will be the first high-profile rugby league game in New Zealand for man. It's got to be close to it's. I mean, it's got to be close to three years. We're coming up to now, right? It's at least two and a half years. Uh, the game is a sellout already, but who knows what that means in rugby league? How many sellouts do we see? Where you kind of can see a lot of empty seats, but they're saying it's a sellout over there. That's great news. People in New Zealand have been dying for some rugby league action. Now, palmerbet.com have this match as being a blowout to the Kiwis, which is really interesting. New Zealand is favourites for this match in a head-to-head at $1.25 compared to Tonga at $4 on palmerbet.com. Tonga have a 10.5 point head start at $1.90 with a 10.5 point handicap. New Zealand are also at $1.90. I am shocked at that. I think that it probably comes down to 
maybe a little bit more continuity within the New Zealand team. But I look at this Tonga team and I tell you what, they are, they're just stacked. They're absolutely stacked with talent. And to be honest, when it comes to talent and it also comes to uh, who is in, in form, I really find it difficult to put anything between these two teams at all. Like, there's just so many great players in both teams. The only thing that stands out for me in this game is the reported bench that the Kiwis are going to go in with. So they've got Kieran Foran on the bench um, because in 5'8", they've got Dylan Brown listed as 5'8", their halfback is Jerome Hughes. But they've got Kieran Foran on the bench. They've also got uh, Britton Nakora. And I just don't know how that's going to go, how that's going to work against just this gigantic Tongan team. Uh, I I really don't know. I I really don't know how that's going to work out. If I look in terms of who I think are the favorites for this one, as I've said before on the podcast, I was worried about how Tonga's momentum would be hurt by the COVID lockdown of everything. Um, they had a great momentum. Their last game, they beat Australia. And like there wasn't any, oh, yeah, but Australia was missing. Like it, they flat out beat Australia. Um, I just don't know who is going to win this match. Like I look at both sides and I go through them and I just, I can't split them. I really can't split them. Joey Manu playing at fullback for the Kiwis is probably going to be a bit of a difference maker between the two teams. But I like the forward pack for the Tongan side a lot more than the Kiwi side. And when I say a lot more, I mean like the Kiwi pack is absolutely outrageously good but the Tonga pack is absolutely outrageously good this is this might be the best test match you could actually put on right now I would probably take Tonga with the points head start I think that uh that's probably the best bet $1.90 with the 10 and a half point head start that's a big head start in any test match um You'd never know with the Kiwis, though. Like, the Kiwis are super inconsistent, and sometimes they'll turn up to play, other times they won't. I think the difference with this Kiwi team is that they've got a lot of players in this side who are are consistent performers. I think in the past, the Kiwi teams that have been selected, you've had players that have shown that they can play really well, but they don't do it consistently. I think that that's a big difference between those teams and this Kiwi team. I think you've got a lot of proven professionals in this side. Uh, So I wouldn't be shocked if the Kiwis won, but I just think that 10.5 point head start, it's a very big head start. Um, This is going to be a really good hit out for these two teams. They both need it. I think the Kiwis going to get a lot out of this game win lose or draw i think that this team that they've put together is a really a good core of a side as we look towards the world cup tonga's named just about their best team that they can name uh and just getting any football under their belts in terms of as a team would be great for them as well i think that these two teams depending on how the world cup draw you know lines up 
and we'll look at that towards more close to the World Cup before we get to the World Cup. But, you know, these are two of the top three teams in the world and there's no doubt about that. And I've got to say, probably when you look at performance and you look at consistency and you look at their ceiling, but also the basement of what their sides can do, I think that there's a big gap between the top three sides in the world and then pretty much everyone else. So it's just going to be an outrageously good game. Like, I just, I cannot wait for it. It's going to be just absolutely amazing. Now, the next match, we see Samoa taking on the Cook Islands. Now, the Cook Islands, they're a team that, they punch so far above their weight. It's ridiculous. But they they have some really good proven first grade plays that they can name in their side. And it's interesting when you go through some of those names. Um, Stephen Masters, like he's a pretty handy player. Anthony Jelling, uh, you know, he's he's been around. Esan Masters is going to be there at 5'8". Um, I'm just going through their lineup. Like Jeff Daniela, not a, not a bad player. He's got some experience. But the Samoan side is just far and away the better side here. Um, and because of that, Palmer Bet has them at the lowest odds that we've seen this year with palmbet.com. They've got Samoa at $1.01 in the head-to-head. The Cook Islands are at $21. The Cook Islands have a 35.5-point head start at $1.90. And Samoa has a 35.5-point handicap also at $1.90. Look, I would... I would think that Samoa should be able to overcome that handicap. They're a good team. The problem with Samoa is they are very poorly coached. They are very poorly run as an as a you know a unit, and we've seen that they've been so disappointing so many times. And uh, until something changes in terms of the coaching staff and how it's all run, you've got to be ready for Samoa to be very disappointing in international competition. They will beat the Cook Islands. I mean, it would be a gigantic shock if the Cook Islands won. But, yeah, it's it's one of those games where, um, you know, Samoa should win. I don't know how much they're going to get out of this game. Uh, it's not like being around their coach is a good thing because the coaching is just so poor. The Cook Islands will get a lot out of it. And they're, they're always a very... They always turn up to play the Cook Islands. They're, they're a pretty handy team, and they always tend to do better than you expect. Um, so we'll see how that goes. But, yeah, that should be a one-sided match. After that, though, we've got just another absolute ridiculously good game. This is, this is so good. I love international footy. So we have Papua New Guinea taken on Fiji. Now, Palmer bet in the head-to-head has Papua New Guinea at $4. That's a pretty damn good price. The Fijian team are favourites at $1.20. The Papua New Guinean side has a 10.5 point head start. The Fijian team has a 10.5 point handicap, and both those prices you can get at $1.90 on palmabet.com. Now, the PNG side is fantastic. They never make it easy. They rip they tear, they destroy, they go in 100%. Uh, there are some of the best plays in the world in this Fiji side. 
uh, Ravalawa's in there, Waka Blake, Wanga Blake is in there, sorry, Mike Acevo's in there, Kevin Aguama is playing at 5'8", he's captain in the side, um, Kamakamita is in there at prop, Viliyama Kikau, who might be the born player in the entire world at the moment, he's in there at, at uh, second row, uh, Tane Milne there at, at lock, they've just got so many great players in this team. But then you look at the PNG side. They've got Alex Johnson at fullback. Great, you know, try scorer. David Mead is the captain. I think David Mead actually has announced that this will be his last game in uh, international colours. So this will be his swan song. Uh, Lachlan Lamb, who is a reserve grade uh, player at halfback. He plays for the North Sydney team, which is the Roosters feeder team. He's there at 5'8". it is going to be an interesting con- contest. No matter who wins this game, you will enjoy this contest. Uh, I would probably say that Fiji will win a close one. I think because of that, you can take the PNG team with the 10.5 point head start. Um, man, I, I love international football. And I think that this is the best sort of international football when we have these one-off games um, I think they're the way to go personally. I, I think that seeing a variety of opponents playing another variety of r- opponents rather than the same old teams playing each other, that's the way to go. And uh, I will talk a little bit more about that after we talk about State of Origin 2 in Perth. Speaking of Origin 2, let's have a look at the odds for Origin 2 on palmabet.com. Now, New South Wales is favourite for this match, which is kind of interesting. On palmerbet.com, New South Wales in a head-to-head are $1.71 at the moment, with Queensland at $2.15. Man, that $2.15. Considering they won game one in New South Wales, that's a pretty good bet. That's a pretty good bet. Queensland have a two-and-a-half point head start at $1.90, with the two-and-a-half point handicap New South Wales are also at $1.90. The over-unders, which I think is interesting for Origin, uh, the overs are over 38.5 point. We've got $1.90. Under 38.5 points, we've got $1.90. I think uh, with these teams having a little bit more cohesion than they did in the first game, just having played one game, it's a tough one. I'd probably go the unders. I'd probably go the unders on that one. As far as the bet, betting goes, look, it, it's hard to go past Queensland with $2.15 and a head-to-head on palmerbet.com. Now, I like this Blues side better than I did in game one. They've had a couple of outs, so they've got lost uh, They've lost Jack White and Tony Staggs, Reagan Campbell-Gillard, Ryan Madison and Tariq Sims. Out for Queensland, Ruben Cotter and Xavier Coates. Now, that means that we see Matt Burton and Stephen Crichton into the centres for New South Wales. And I've got to say, I like that. As well as Whiten played in game one, um, I just like that halves pairing better. I think Burton showed last year for the Panthers. He is more than capable of playing at centre. He's got a little bit of playmaking skill. I think people don't realise how big he is as well as a dude. He's a big dude. And he was part of that magnificent defensive outfit last year for the Panthers, so it's not like his defence is poor. Um, 
and then we, you know, pretty much the rest of the side, the starting side is just about the same as it was before. Cameron Murray, Murray is in there uh, in the second row. Liam Martin in the second row. Isaiah Yo in the second row. Appy Corusau is there starting at hooker, uh, according to NRL.com. That leaves Damian Cook on the bench. Now, we talked about this going into game one the way that Queensland were going to use their hooker rotation. And I said, going into game one, I thought that they would rotate their hookers so that they got, the Queensland team, I mean, so that they got about equal time each. And that ended up happening. So what you ended up with was Queensland always had a guy that was pretty fresh out there in a very, very fast game. And it really helped them. And I think that it showed right near the end of the game where Damien Cook... He looked pretty stuffed. He played pretty well considering. But man, he had to play the whole 80 minutes. And I just think that that was a mistake by Fittler going into it. I think that we saw uh, in last year's series the beginnings of that hooker rotation for Queensland and how well it worked then. I think Fittler should have been awake to that going into this series. And so now he's gone in with that in game two. Angus Crichton comes into the side, which... You know, he's been there, he's done that, he's performed all right. His form this season has been pretty up and down for the Roosters. Uh, but he's got his chance to prove himself in this game. Uh, Talakai has been named as the 17th man for New South Wales. Uh, and for Queensland, it's it's pretty much steady as she goes, you know. And why would they change too much? It's They played really well in game one. I thought... Callan Ponga was very, 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 very quiet in game one. I don't think he did much in game one. Um, so I wouldn't have been shocked if they made a change there, but they've gone with him. We'll see how he goes in this one. Man, this is another tough game. Um, it's really hard to take my New South Wales bias out of this. It really, really is. Because I'm always trying to look on the best side of New South Wales's performances. And for the most part, I'm usually looking at the Queensland team having won a game and wondering how much better they can get and where they can be possibly broken down at. And it's hard to look at breaking down these teams because they're both so good. That's why Origin is such a cool game because at some point, when these two sides are so good, it just becomes about outlasting one another and that's why so many origin games come down to the wire it's just who can pull it out at the end when you're absolutely exhausted and that's why i like the change that new south wales has made to the hooker rotation because of that because of how close they were in the last game i am going to tip new south wales to win this one um is it bias yes it probably is You know, that's it. What what can I say? <laughs> what can I say? I think we'll see a better game from Cleary. Uh, he wasn't good in the first game. It's going to be interesting to see if Munster can play as well as he did in that first game as well. Uh, if anyone can do it, Cameron Munster can. Like, he's one of those players that, as good as he is in club football, he's better at uh, representative football. And so it's going to maybe come down to those players. Can Munster play as well as he did in the first game? Will Cleary play as poorly as he did in the second game? His kicking game was terrible in the first game. Like, there's just no way around that. 
He's got more players in this side now that that he knows very closely in terms of Burton and Crichton. I think Crichton will be interesting to see how he goes. In game one, he was on a hiding to nothing. You know, it's very difficult for an outside back to come into a game and, you know, he moves into centre. And unless he, you know, sets the world on fire immediately, everyone's going to be like, oh, it was crap. It wasn't crap in the first game. He just was doing his best coming off the bench in a no-win situation. He should have been there in the first place. Um, so, yeah, it, it look, this game is going to be absolutely tremendous. I can't wait. I'm smiling. Look at these two teams. we got such a good weekend of football coming up. It's so amazing. And it's cool that we've got a sport that you can chuck these different things in with. Um I always think back to the NRL 9s. And the thing that I always liked about when you had the World 7s is you saw something different. You saw uh, NRL teams, we'll say NRL teams, NRL teams playing international teams, and you saw plays you didn't know, trying to hand at 7s and all this sort of stuff. When they turned it into just the NRL 9s, and it was just NRL teams, it was just the same old, same old. And the same old, same old gets very old very quickly i much preferred the nrl world oh not the nrl but the world cup of nines where you saw international nines teams play because you saw all of these international teams you saw how they adapted to nines footy it was really interesting football i went to both days when it was at Parramatta. loved it absolutely loved it the nrl nines i don't even think i watched the last two of them like i just didn't care when we get representative rounds like this it allows us to showcase our our great players. It allows us to showcase the background of our great players. It allows us to show where they've come from, not only in the world, but within Australia. It allows them to represent the state that they were, they were born or raised in, for the most part. And it allows them to represent the countries of either their birth or that their, their parents come from or their grandparents. I love it. I absolutely love all of it. I think that uh, I think this is the way to go, where you have a state of origin game that's on a Wednesday night, as we've had this year, and then the following game you have the one week lead up. So this team, these teams both know one another; they don't need the ten day preparation. Um, and then we have the international round ahead of it, or the international games ahead of it. It just it shows off so much that is great in our game. And I I know that they've said that they're not going to do it going ahead, but I, I feel like they might. I feel like they might go with it going forward. Um, ideally, I think you would also have another representative round for the third Origin game with the same sort of setup. With the third Origin game sun, Sunday evening, I would kick it off at 7 o'clock personally. Um, but Sunday evening, State of Origin, and we have internationals ahead of that. And you don't don't need to have a tournament. Just play different opponents because we just want to see the international football. It doesn't have to be locked-in opponents. There's nothing I hate more than, you know, when people say, oh, we, we've got to play more games against Great Britain and England and stuff as an Australian team. It's like, no, can we stop playing them? Can we stop beating them over and over and over and over again? We've done it for 40 years. Can we play more Tongan games? Can we play more games against Samoa? Can we play Fiji more? I want to see us against Papua New Guinea. I don't want to see us against the same old teams, please. That's what I want more of. 
you know, anybody that's not excited, excited to see how uh, how Kikau is going to go against that ferocious Papua New Guinea team, you're just not a rugby league fan. You know, you must be just a club fan or something because I look at these international games like like Jason Taumalolo, the great Jason Taumalolo, all-time great Jason Taumalolo, going over to New Zealand with his Tongan team that he was the catalyst of building into this juggernaut. And now he's got this juggernaut behind him and he's taking on the Kiwis. It's mind-blowing that we've got this in our game. Absolutely mind-blowing. This is what international rugby league is all about. And people probably don't realise this. When you look at the history of the game, yes, the premiership in Australia has always been very, very important. But great players, the truly great players, the markers for those great players were always what they did in international football. You know, what what we saw all of those great St. George players do, what we saw Clive Churchill do, all of those great players, we saw what they did at club level. Legendary, unbelievable, sometimes world record breaking. But it was the fact that they dominated everyone in the world. When they took on the best, they were the best. That is what rugby league is all about. The more international football we have, the better. And that's why I think every three years we should have a World Cup. We shouldn't be waiting four years. Like, why are we waiting four years? There's zero reason to wait four years. If we have a variety of games every three years, teams can build quicker. We can give our international players something to aim for that's not so far down the track. You know, there's not many players that have a 10-year international career. Very, very few. That you can play a 10-year international career and only be in two World Cups. Why? You could play three World Cups in that time if it was every three years. We should be doing that. And it gives us time, it allows us to have time in between those World Cups to do whatever the hell we want. Have one-off tests, have tours, whatever you want. Um, and I've said before that I think one of those three years should be dedicated to a true World Club challenge that has the best uh, club side from every nation in a knockout tournament. I think that would be just, that would be the perfect setup. Oh, man. Oh, it's just, ah, I wish I was running the international game. I'd do such a better job of it. Anyway, that's my rant on international rugby league and representative football. This round, this weekend, I'm just so excited for it. It is going to be absolutely outrageous. And I hope you're all looking forward to it as much as I am. Um, We also have the Women's State of Origin game coming up. Uh, Let me just see if Palmerbet has the odds for that. Let me have a look. Uh, Australia matches. They've actually got the... uh, Odds for Super League games coming up here too. So on palmerbet.com, they've got Wigan Saturday, June 25th at $1.08, taking on Toulouse at $8.10. Hard to bet against Wigan in that one. Hull FC are at $2.31 against the Warrington Wolves at $1.67. That's interesting. 
I'm trying to find if they've got the women's state of origin match to bet on. I don't think that they do, but I could be missing it here somewhere because there's so many odds on Palmer bet. It's like you go through, it's it's there's just so many odds. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Hang on. Here we go. I found it. I found it. See what I mean? Okay, so the women's state of origin match. Palmer bet has New South Wales as favourites. At uh, $1.80 in the head-to-head. Queensland are at $2. Uh, Queensland have the one-and-a-half-point head start at $1.90. New South Wales with the one-and-a-half-point handicap also at $1.90. I'm going for New South Wales. Of course I'm going for New South Wales in that game. Now they have the under, I believe the under-20s origin matches. uh, Under-19s origin matches. Um, And there was a a try in the women's under-19s state of origin match where one of the players cleaned up a ball in her own dead goal line it was one of the new south wales players i i only saw the highlights i don't know the player's name but she was running across the very end of her dead goal line she gets out of the end goal and races it must have been 108 meters and scores at the other end it's got to be close to the longest try in rugby league history um i know that the nrl standardized the length of the in goal i think now it's it's uh eight meters it used to be able to be longer it used to be able to be um i think at one point it was able to be five meters and i think it could have been up to 12 from memory um so maybe that come into account with the longest try ever in that era where you were allowed to have a deeper in goal maybe we saw a player do that um they used to allow for basically with a a rugby league field the standard was it was 100 meters and however wide and stuff but they allowed it to be slightly longer or shorter or wider or narrower just to allow you to be able to have an official rugby league match in stadiums that didn't have a full-size pitch for a rugby league pitch. And I remember there was a game, and I think it was New Zealand against Australia, where they had a, enough room, much uh, plenty of room for a full-size pitch. And the Kiwis thought, well, we'll try and um, cut down on the ability for Australia to pass the ball out wide. We'll make their field narrower. And they made it as narrow as they possibly could under the rules. And so it was kind of ridiculous, you know, um, and the rules were changed so that there was a, there's a standard pitch size you have to have if you can mark out that pitch on the field. Um, so, yeah, there you go. There's a little bit of rugby league history from me. Um, I can't wait for these games. I'll have a full wrap-up of these games um, after State of Origin 3. I'll probably jump on as they're still walking off the field. It might be a little bit later than normal if Queensland wins because I like to see the the trophy presentation and all that sort of thing, what's said in the trophy presentation when a team wins. But if New South Wales wins the game, um, I will be on pretty much immediately. Uh, we'll see if Andrew will be on for that one. I don't know if he'll be available for that one. We'll, we'll check that out. But uh, until then, thank you for listening. Uh, check out my Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash league freak. There's no space between league and freak. Um, 
I've got a bunch of different tiers that have merch. If you're a member for three months of those tiers, there's a really cool mug um, that you can get. This T-shirt, there's stickers and stuff like that. But there's also a, a very basic low tier that you can join if you want to just be a contributor. Um, check out leaguefreak.com. I post all of the podcasts on leaguefreak.com. Uh, that's my website, my very long-running website. Uh, I'm sure you'll enjoy that. Uh, check out FergoandTheFreak.com, the official podcast website. Of course, you can find all of the episodes on there. Check out RugbyLeagueProject.com, the number one website for rugby league statistics, bar none. Every other website is just pretending. The number one statistical website, it's RugbyLeagueProject.org. Uh, and also check out RugbyLeaguePodcastingNetwork.com. Very, very long address, but you will find all the best independent-only Rugby League podcasts on there. Uh, that is just a fantastic website if you like listening to the podcasting medium and you want to get away from them corporate press podcasts, which are just, they're so bad. They're just terrible. So anyway, thank you for listening. Uh, if you like the episode, leave a five-star rating on your podcasting app. Remember to tell your friends about it. Remember when you hear the podcast episode and you see it on your social media, retweet it, like it, say to people, hey, listen to this podcast episode, blah, 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 all that sort of thing. You will hear from me after State of Origin. Go New South Wales. Palmerbet with the big don't argue. Punters will love that. Download our app today and enjoy tackle-busting benefits with great odds, more markets, and same-game multi every NRL match at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858.